Hello, welcome to another episode of Who Knows. My name is Chris. I will be doing your personal reading today. Um, let's see. It's been a few days, but I'm starting to see that some of you are liking what I'm doing because you're still here. So thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. It means my work's not for nothing. Um, and you can't really call it work because it's just something I like to do. So, regardless of all those things, we're back. And I am back on Ethics for the New Millennium by His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Um, we've got a couple things going here. We have the Untethered Soul um, that we are slightly over halfway through. Um, if you haven't listened to those episodes, I encourage you to go back and check them out. Um, they're pretty good. That book's decent. Um, I like it. I have another book that I have recently finished. And I wanted to just read that by myself because it was one of those things that I needed to do. But it is called Illusions, The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. And um, I really want to get started on this one. Uh, this one's by Richard Bach. Um, I'm not even sure when it came out. Let's see here. This one. Where's your page, man? Title page. Looking, looking. This one was uh, published in 1989. <sighs> so, I'm... Oh, I guess it was 1977 it was published. This one was released in 1989. Okay. But that one's a good one. I will... I'm going to finish these two first. Um, just because I feel like that that's my prerogative. I don't want to get into three different books. Two's good enough for now. We'll get into Illusions. It's a quick read, honestly. Um, and I would, I'm definitely going to enjoy reading that again. So, <clears throat> without further ado, we are Ethics for the New Millennium by the Dalai Lama. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we are on chapter 12, The Levels of Commitment. Through developing an attitude of responsibility towards others, we can begin to create the kinder, more compassionate world we all dream of. The reader may or may not agree with my advocacy of universal responsibility, but if it is correct that given the broadly interdependent nature of reality, our habitual distinction between self and others is in some sense an exaggeration. And if on the basis of this I am right in suggesting that our aim should be to extend our compassion toward all others, we cannot avoid the conclusion that compassion, which entails ethical conduct, belongs at the heart of all of our actions, both individual and social. Furthermore, sorry. Although, furthermore, although of course the details are open to debate, I am convinced that universal responsibility means that Compassion belongs in the political arena, too. 
It tells us something important about how we are to conduct our daily lives if we desire to be happy in the way I have characterized happiness. Saying this, I trust it is clear that I am not calling on everyone to renounce their present way of life and adopt some new rule or way of thinking. Rather, my intention is to suggest that the individual keeping his or her daily way of life can change, can become a better, more compassionate, and happier human being. In all, and, and through being better, more compassionate individuals we can begin to implement our spiritual revolution. The work of a person laboring in some humble op occupation is no less relevant to the well-being of society than that of, for example, a doctor, a teacher, a monk, or a nun. All human endeavor is potentially great and noble, so long as we carry out our work with good motivation, thinking, my work is for others. It will be the benefit to the wider community. But when concern for others' feelings and welfare is missing, our activities tend to become spoiled. Through a lack of basic human feeling, religion, politics, economics, and so on, can be rendered dirty. Instead of serving humanity, they become agent, agents of its destruction. Therefore, in addition to developing a sense of universal responsibility, we need actually to be responsible people. Until we put our principles into practice, they remain just that. So, for example, it is appropriate for a politician who is genuinely responsible to conduct himself or herself with honesty and integrity. It is appropriate for a businessman or a woman to, conduct the need, to consider the needs of others in every enterprise they undertake. It is appropriate for a lawyer to use their expertise to fight for justice. Of course, it is difficult to articulate precisely how our behavior would be shaped by a commitment to the principle of universal responsibility. For this reason, I do not have any particular standard in mind. All I hope is that if what is written here makes sense to you, the reader, you will strive to be compassionate in your daily life, and that out of a sense of responsibility toward all others, you will do what you can to help them. When you walk past the dripping tap, you will turn it off. If you see a light burning unnecessarily, you will do the same. If you are a religious practitioner and tomorrow you meet someone of another religious tradition, you will show them the same respect as you would hope them to show you. Or if you are a scientist and you see that the research you are engaged in may cause harm to others, out of a sense of responsibility, you will desist from it. According to your own resources and recognizing the limitations of your circumstances, you will do what you can. Apart from this, I am not calling for any commitment as such. And if on some days your actions are more compassionate than on others, well, that is normal. Likewise, if what I say does not seem helpful, then no matter. The important thing is that whatever we do for others, whatever sacrifices we make, it should be voluntary and arise from understanding the benefit of such actions. On a recent visit to New York, a friend told me that the number of billionaires in America had increased from 17 just a few years ago to several hundred today. Yet at the same time, the poor remain poor and in some cases are becoming poorer. This, is, this I consider to be completely immoral. It is also a potential source of problems. While millions do not even have the basic necessities of life, adequate food, shelter, education, and medical facilities, the, the inequity of wealth distribution is a scandal. If it were the case that everyone had a sufficiency for their needs and more, then perhaps a luxurious lifestyle would be tenable. But if that was the individual, but if that, if that was what the individual really wanted, it would be difficult to argue that they need to refrain from exercising their right to live as they see fit. 
Yet things are not like that. In this wor one world of ours, there are areas where people throw surplus food away while others close by, our fellow humans, innocent children among them, are reduced to scavenging among rubbish and many starve. Thus, although I cannot say that the life of luxury led by the rich is wrong of itself, assuming they are using their own money and have not acquired it dishonestly, I do say that it is unworthy that it spoils us. Moreover, it strikes me that the lifestyles of the rich are often absurdly complicated. One friend of mine who stayed with an extremely wealthy family told me that every time they went swimming, they were handed a robe to wear after. This would then be changed for a fresh one each time they used the pool, even if they did so several times in one day. Extraordinary. Ridiculous, even. I do not, say, I do not see how living like this adds anything to one's comfort. As human beings, we have only one stomach. There is a limit to the amount that we can eat. Similarly, we have only eight fingers and two thumbs, so we cannot wear a hundred rings. Whatever argument there may be concerning choice, the extra we have is of no purpose in the moment when we are actually wearing a ring. The rest lie useless in their boxes. The appropriate use of wealth, as I explained to the members of one hugely prosperous Indian family, is found in philanthropy philanthropic giving. In this particular case, I suggested, since they asked, that perhaps spending their money on education would be the best thing they could do. The future of the world is in our children's hands. Therefore, if we wish to bring about a more compassionate and therefore fair society, it is essential that we educate our children to be responsible, caring human beings. When a person is born rich or acquires wealth by some other means, they have a tremendous opportunity to benefit others. What a waste when that opportunity is squandered on self-indulgence. I feel strongly that luxurious living is inappropriate, so much so that I must admit that whatever, whenever I stay in a comfortable hotel and see others eating and drinking expensively while outside, I see people who do not even have anywhere to spend the night, I feel greatly disturbed. It reinforces my feeling that I am no different from either the rich or the poor. We are the same in wanting happiness and not to suffer, and we have an equal right to that happiness. As a result, I feel that if I were to see a worker's demonstration going by, I would certainly join in. And yet, of course, the person who is saying these things is one of those enjoying the comforts of the hotel. Indeed, I must go further. It is also true that I possess several valuable wristwatches, and while I feel that if I were to sell them, I could perhaps build some huts for the poor, so far I have not. In the same way, I do feel that if I were to observe a strictly vegetarian diet, not only would I be setting a better example, but I would also be helping to save the innocent animals' lives. So far I have not, and therefore must admit a discrepancy between my principles and my practice in certain areas. At the same time, I do not believe everyone can, can or should be like Mahatma Gandhi and live the life of a poor peasant. Such dedication is wonderful and to be admired greatly, but the watchword is as much as we can without going to extremes. So that was chapter 12. And... Let's see here. All right, so I guess this is going to be a short one. 
The next chapter is really long. So let's see. Yeah. So I guess we'll end that one there. Um, but the next one will be up right after this one. So see you then. Bye.